Thank you. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. There's no business like show business. In a way, we go. Hello again. Welcome to the Art and Business of Community Theater, a.k.a. the Monroe Community Players Podcast, featuring the Green Room Groupies. T-shirts available soon. I am your de facto host, David War. Looking around the green room, I see in no particular order. Ron Roberts. Carol Slifka. And taking the rear, Robert Yeoman. And we are here to talk about, obviously, the art and the business of community theater, amateur theater, and frankly, sometimes theater in general. And folks, it has finally happened. Uh Uh-oh. I have run out of ideas for shows. <laughs> 22 episodes in, we think, and uh, that's it. We're dry, so thank you so much for listening. <laughs> no. <laughs> so what I thought might be fun to do today is, is something a little different. Um, <laughs> maybe it's not that different, but we'll pretend it's different. Sure. Uh, let's Acting. just talk about theater and what's going on with your thought processes, either with Monroe Community Players, with Broadway, with shows what what kind of books or what play do you wish was always made that has never been made Uh, i'm calling it free for all friday even though it's you know monday when we're recording this it's friday some month it's it'll be friday someone's listening to this on friday yeah yeah i mean we you know like say we reach tens of people so every broadcast and we appreciate each and every one of you even Mm -hmm. if even though we can name you by name So, who wants to go first? What, 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 what wonderful thing? Oh, my gosh, this, this is going to bomb before we even get started. <laughs> no, no, I'm it's... Gonna, I'm going to have to pull out my secret topic. <laughs> I, uh... Hmm. As the moments tick by. Well, I'll tell you a show I would like to see. Here we okay. go. Here we go. Um, with all the darn Batman movies out there, Superman had a musical... I would love a Batman musical based on the 1966 Batman television show. Or the whatever, Bright whatever Night year it was Returns. Done. The Bright Night Returns with the biffs, the bams, the bows. I think we could have, you could have a lot of fun with that on stage, no. even without music. I was just going to say, are you envisioning a musical or? I think the musical, because you've got to do the Batusi at least once. Right. At least. Oh, yes. That would be an integral part. And, of you know, both Batman and Batgirl have their theme song. Nobody talks mm-hmm. about the Batgirl theme song because it wasn't catchy, but... You know, that Robin. Robin, like his cape, was shorted. Whose baby are you? Where did you come? Are you a chick from outer space? I can't remember all the lyrics. Well, that took up 13 seconds. That was way off my off my radar. There, really, I've never. I never was not because I disliked it, but I just never got into. Batman, Superman, any of the superhero stuff. I've never seen a Marvel movie. <gasps> I'm not sure what the Sorry, Avengers we, are. We have paused for a moment. Bob just fainted dead away. Oh. He's clutching his heart. Just oh. want to shake things we'll up right a little back. bit. Oh. Yeah, no, Please tell I, me at least you've seen Muppets. I've, I've seen the Muppet show. Okay. I don't okay. know what that has to do with superheroes. but They're all in green felt. Well, not all of them. Well, the important ones are. That's true. It's not easy being green. It's Herm- not. Herman's the only yeah. green one. <laughs> well, well, there's Greenland and, and, and his nephew Ryan Robin, Riddle. of course. <laughs> and, oh, wait, no, Grouch is blue. Oh, Grouch. Or, you, or Oscar or you, the Grouch. You're talking about heroes. Oscar the Grouch. He's green, yeah. He's and green. We have oh, yeah, Cookie Monsters. Hulk. You have Green Lantern. Okay. So. You have Swamp Thing. You have. What? But they've already done a Muppet movie or a Muppet Broadway show. Mm-hmm. They did, though it was unauthorized. It's Avenue, oh, Avenue Q. Avenue Q. Oh. I love Avenue Q. It's it's not Muppets technically. I'm going to skip this one because I'll Muppets. get us in trumpet, trouble. Yeah. I first saw Avenue Q in London, and I have to say uh, it was amazing. I absolutely loved we it. We should do Avenue Q. Oh yes, I'm sure that would go over well. Puppet rental is only three thousand dollars. <laughs> Well, but yeah, we'd be fighting over who gets to play Trekkie Monster. That's true. Do you have to shave your head for that one? No. No, you have to That's add yours. Hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Up all night honking his horn. Yep. Uh, uh, what you talking about, Willis? It gets old. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. But Avenue Q, yeah, well, Avenue Q, I think, still has some, some legs. I think it's still a popular show. I love it. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? I have not. Oh, oh. Okay. I'm terrible. I, and I first I'm saw so it sorry. at a community theater. So. Yeah, I'm, I don't know um, if we could be friends anymore. I think I'm going to say Kelsey. Awesome. I cannot remember who, which group I saw it with. Hmm. Well, Josh Muller just did it. Well, just, I mean, a year or so ago. Yeah, so but, it's available. I know. That. Oh, it's been available for some. The and and when you get the royalties, they I think the puppet rental is part of that. So no, puppet rental is separate. Oh. I saw it in Detroit a few years ago. I don't know if it was Wayne State University did it or some small community theater group. It wasn't like at the Fisher or anything. It was just a small theater, mm-hmm. very well done. And we have a very small theater. Mm-hmm. The hardest part, I think, would be actually to build the house. Yeah, with mm-hmm. the stairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they, well, they do Where a nice, do you go? nice thing with the house usually, to, or the apartment complex, I should say. Yeah, no, this was a it was a pretty small theater. It was pretty basic, and they just had like a a front, mm-hmm. you know. And I mean, yeah, somebody could lean out the window, but there wasn't the set wasn't an issue. I think I've seen saw it with a house that opened up. Yeah, no, um, this one. Boy, didn't. I just can't. Rem- it's been so long. I can't remember what group it was. I, I want to say Kalamazoo Civic. That um, sounds right. But but I'm not sure. Uh, They've got the money to pull it off. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they were one of the first to do it, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's it's yeah, it was one of the one of those theaters out there out, the out to the west of the state. Is it still a thing to be the first ones to do a show, or are you the first ones willing to bet that much money on on the production? Is it a thing to be the first one? Is that a is it a was point for of a while? Yeah. I, I remember. I think there's certain cachet, certain bragging right. What do you think? I, that's what I'm saying. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I still think I think there's some something to be able to say. You know, like I recall, we were the first in this area to do Beauty and the Beast, um, and now of course every everyone's doing it from high school. Mm-hmm. Heck, Beauty and the Beast Junior is probably out there. Oh, I'm sure it is. There may be preschoolers doing Beauty and yeah. the Beast. I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, Disney Disney does. You know know how to squeeze every dime oh, like yeah. i said thank god they they got into theater because mr disney was looking a little bleak there yep. for a while yep. but he got ahead that's, that's not true Walt is not cryogenically frozen Didn't by his head it's not i true. thought it was some baseball player that's Ted that's Williams. True. That's Ted Williams. Ted Williams. Yes. I was going to say Al Williams. That didn't sound right. Yeah, yeah. Ted, Ted Williams' head is frozen. You're welcome. And thank you. Thank you very much. And I think his uh, family disputed yes, the custody they did. of it. Yes, it's, they did. It's, it's uh, and his head may or may not have been resting on a can of tuna. <laughs> that's, uh, you know, depends on who you talk to. <clears throat> okay. It's, yeah. yeah. Holy it's, Futurama, Batman. See, I worked it in. Oh, there you go. And we're back. Well, when, so he got his baseball reference. I did. So. Look at that. There we yep. go. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> with, with the Batman uh, 66 uh, revival on Broadway, who do you have anybody in mind as to who you would possibly see as uh, well, first one? Well, the trouble is there's going to be a lot of people. You know, there aren't many people who can, who can reach that peak physical condition that Adam West had. Now, Absolutely. cut that out. Um, he was in fine fiddle to be know, and as, Batman. As, as you told he us, had son. the notes from his doctor saying that <laughs> he has the normal body weight of a normal man of well, his normal age. Yes. So, well, and as he pointed out in the, in the Big Bang Theory episode, that famous episode he was on, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't need any padding. That <laughs> was 100% grade A Adam West beef. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think his only problem was that they put a costume on a man who was clearly a human being <laughs> and enjoyed life. <laughs> well, and uh, by he wasn't fat by any standards, um, mm-hmm. no more than uh, George Reeves was as a uh, Superman. Uh, but you know, there was, I've always maintained there's a difference in the aesthetic of what beauty is today. You know, you can't be in Hollywood today unless you have six pack abs. You can't be a woman in Hollywood today unless you have a, a waist as thin as a wa- literally a wasp waist kind of mm-hmm. thing. You know, was it Cher who took out ribs and scalloped her hair? You know, you look go back to a Marilyn Monroe; she's downright mm-hmm. voluptuous compared to most mm-hmm. of the, most of the starlets today. Mm-hmm. And starlet, which is probably a feminist or a probably a sexist term right there, but I'm a man of a certain age, so I get a pass, right? Sure, right. Huh? Sure, huh? absolutely. <laughs> here in Monroe, yes. In Monroe, you're in right Monroe. You got that again. Okay, <laughs> so let me bring up something about Batman. Okay, Uh-oh. I did watch Adam West and Batman when I was a kid, 
And I liked it because he was very self-deprecating. I mean, he was Batman, or he was Adam West playing Batman, knowing that Batman was kind of a joke. It was like he, he was like had an inside joke with the audience. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did any of the Batman movies or the Batman that came after that, they never had that same demeanor, did they? No. In fact, the, and that's why I had no interest in it. Cause when, that to me, that was the, the fun part of the show back in the comic books. And I think Bob knows what I'm talking about too. In the seventies, Batman kind of went underwent a, another metamorphosis back to his original roots, which is more dark and grim character. Okay. And every movie since then has been literally working to make it darker and darker and darker to, till we have the Batman today, which was shot apparently at midnight in a cloudy, <laughs> a cloudy night. Inside a warehouse, Inside a warehouse. closet. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I deal with enough dark stuff in and, my life. I don't need to well, see as, that. Well, as Brian, who's missing today, would tell us, it's like, here's Warner Brothers basically said, okay, let's film a movie, turn the lights off, start rolling. <laughs> Um, um, and maybe it's because we're, you know, I'm of a certain age. And, I just and that's why he has light. the name The Bright Knight instead of The Dark Knight. Yes, to, to make sure people understand this. Who? The, Adam West. If Adam West is called The Bright Knight? Is The Bright Knight. Because he was fun. Okay, thank you. He was fun. He, they played Shouldn't with a knight camp. be fun? Wouldn't you want to hang out with somebody who was fun as opposed to somebody who was Not Frank Gorshin. And- Frank Gorshin was scary. Well, that's Jesus. true, but I'm, I mean like Batman-y. Now, wouldn't you rather hang out with the Adam West Batman oh, yeah, than definitely. one of the other Batman? I think oh, I, yeah, I'd be I a villain I, for him. I think I'd rather hang out with Bat, with Adam West, period. He, yeah. <laughs> here's a man who took one part and turned it into but, a career for yeah. his entire life. Yeah. But before he was Batman, he was also the quick man. He was a spokesperson for Nestle's Chocolate Quick. No kidding. And that's where he got the part. Um, William Dozier, the producer, saw the commercial where he is playing this super suave uh, secret agent who uh-huh. keeps miraculously dodging bullets and such as the evil person tries to dump him into a tank with sharks. And there's Adam West. Just, well, so it is. I sidestepped that one in a hurry, but I am my quick. And that takes a long time to drink. Bob, you are a font of knowledge. I have 30 minutes of absolute pure garbage in there that just keeps flying out. <laughs> everywhere. And we, That's impressive. As we also know, later on in life, of course, Adam West went into politics and became the mayor of Quahog. Yes, he death. did. Yes, he did. So there's all your pop culture references from us today. Oh, <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> we still have Captain Action to talk about and also Major Matt Mason. But we are a theater podcast. Theater. And those are okay, my choices. So in your... Major Matt Mason, as the always, play. When Major you, Matt Mason? When you make a show out of a movie series or a TV show or whatever, you can't go through like all the seasons of it, like Gilligan's Island. So you mm-hmm. pick one episode. So which episode or what would be the plot of the Batman theater Batman on stage. Oh, I, I think you could just take the Batman movie and go from there, possibly. Well, it doesn't help me any. Okay. All the stuff from Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, just paint it blue and yellow and gray. And then you've got Batman with all the little harnesses and stuff. Hopefully he doesn't kill as many as they did in Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. But it's already there with him swinging across and Robin on the bottom going, Ah! Save me! So like an origin story? Was that the Batman uh, movie? And I, these giant you know, pearls keep bouncing down the aisleway. I do not think that on that on that series they ever even addressed the fact that he was an orphan and that his parents were killed. Yes, they did. Okay. Did they? On the very first episode, Hey Diddle Diddle, which is the Riddler, first riddle. And it's basically they are asking Bruce Wayne for a contribution. And they said, now the people are going to be behind this because... Bruce Wayne's behind it, and he very nonchalantly at the fireplace in front of the photo of his parents goes, certainly not. The good people of Gotham City deserve this and know when it's helpful. I'm only glad to play my small part in this. Oh, and by the way, it's Alfred. It's who just entered with this beeping telephone. Oh, it looks like I've been reminded that we were going to go fishing. Dick, do 
Do you want to go fishing? Heck yeah, Batman. I mean, Bruce. Sounds like fun. <laughs> I told you once it opened, the genie don't go back in. I guess not. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm thinking I'm changing I my choice. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm still I just I just up. realized or learned or discovered that Mrs. Doubtfire is a Broadway show. Yeah, I saw that. Yes. I did not know that. That I would go and go. I would go see. I mean, not that there's not a lot I would go see. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that it's out there too. Yeah. I didn't hear any music from it yet. I haven't either. I haven't either. Well, and that's something, because a lot, you know, I think we talked about this before. It seems like there's no new ideas, but on some hands, you know, the plays are always different than the movies or the TV yes. shows. They, they add something different. Um, okay, so what's your opinion of, and I have mine, as always, of a play that's turned into a movie? Oh. Like, did you see the Dear Evan Hansen movie? I have not. Versus I have. the play? Did you see the Lemiz movie with uh, Hugh Jackman? You know, I know I sat play? through it. I tried to watch some of that. Yeah, why is it that the movies, which you would think they'd have an opportunity to do so much more than a play, always just are well, the producers. disappointing? Well, and here's let me back up though to last episode. We talked about the sound of music that I saw. Yeah. Um, and the movie and the play have different beats and different different stories. And in some ways, the movie is actually a little better than the play. Because the movie came first. Okay. Right? I, so that's, I'm not sure. I think Which one are I we talking play, about here? Sound of Music. I think the play came okay. first. Oh, maybe. Okay. Um, because back in those days, uh, the plays came first. And nowadays, it seems the movie comes first. And then someone says, how are we going to make a play out of it? Disney probably had a big hand in that because they kind of flipped the script. Sure. Sure. It's like, okay, now we're going to turn our cartoons into plays. Yeah. Um, our animated features. Excuse yeah. me. Um, so, so, so the movie was able to do a couple things. Again, the play doesn't. So I think the problem comes in is when they forget the medium they're working in. Yeah. So Les Mis, for example, it's like, okay, you're trying to blend the movie and stay true to the, all the music in the play. And movies, I don't think, work best that way. Yeah. And I don't know if it's the same thing as, like, I will almost never go to a movie that I've read the book because yes. I'm always disappointed. So is it that because it's what comes first that pe some people don't like to go away from this, what they consider right. the classic well, and, form of it? And I personally try to even, you know, if I've read the book, for example, mm -hmm. I try to keep in mind that they are different mediums. So uh, I use Jurassic Park mm -hmm. as, as a big thing, um, which would be an interesting Broadway play, by the way. <laughs> they had King Kong. Was, that would they be did King one. Kong, some of those things. Is that I just try to keep in mind that the book of Jurassic Park, because uh -huh. Steven Spielberg essentially took it, took the concept, took some of the names, but he mixed everything around to make it work for the movie. Right. Um, including pandering to the audience to a degree, because in the book, the, the lawyer is actually a hero. Okay. But he knew that audiences don't like lawyers to be heroes, unless, yeah. unless it's a uh, uh, shoot uh, John Grisham mm -hmm. <laughs> novel. Um, so you know the lawyer has to be the bad guy, so he has a meet and run. Spoiler, has a meet and by a T Rex. Mm -hmm. Well, you know the, that doesn't happen in the book. Yeah. See, I never read the book. Yeah, but but I just so the movie. So is at first, I used to get upset. It's like, well, that's not the way it was in the book. But it's uh -huh. like, no, they're two different things. Right. Um, the concept is carried over now, so I haven't seen like Dear Evan, Evan Hansen, but to my knowledge, again, if you've seen a Broadway show like Hairspray, mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, that I don't think translated as well as the movie, but mm -hmm. again, because they try to make changes to the core of the play, right. they change the message of it, mm -hmm. where instead of having that subtle message on racism, Hollywood took it and said, let's beat you over the head with right. it. To the point that Tracy's story got lost to me in the movie. Mm -hmm. um, for those that don't know, if they haven't seen Hairspray, um, again, well, kind Hairspray. of a spoiler alert. But um, so you know, turn off the podcast and fast forward ten seconds. Um, Tracy wins that dance contest in the play. Mm -hmm. Little Inez wins it in the movie, and again because they're trying to hit you over the head uh. with about the racism issue mm -hmm. and you know um which which i think ruined some of the power of the original work because the original work was well i won't even go there because remember hairspray is a movie is a play based on a movie and then became a mo another movie 
the original Hairspray by John Waters is different from the Broadway play, too. Um, in fact, the original Hairspray isn't as, if I remember correctly, isn't it quite as uplifting no. as the musical turned out to be. Mm-hmm. She's fat, and everybody tells her, oh, you're fat and ugly. And that is the major thing, the first third of the movie. Tracy's fat and ugly. You but, can't do anything. You can't do anything. Well, guess what? Yes, you can. But again, I think John Waters was using fat to replace racism. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was making a point about fat. He was talking about Baltimore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I just wandered around. Yeah. No, that's, you know. Lame is. Lame is. One of the things that helped to down is that at the same time, about the same time, the Phantom of the Opera movie mm-hmm. was being filmed. Okay. Some of the executives saw that and said, hey, you know it would be good? Do what they're doing over Phantom of the Opera where everybody sings with their real voice. No, no auto-tune, no nothing. Just have them just sing it. We'll save a minute and it'll be great. We can say it's artistic. And Phantom of the Opera died. I am proud to say I have never seen Phantom of the Opera. The musical is beautiful. I've, I've never seen, seen it like it five times. Well, uh, the whole storyline just. Well, I that's can't the major stomach. thing in the movie. They put the conflict between the heroine and the Phantom. Mm-hmm. Where in the book, it in the Broadway musical, it's Christine versus the hero forget what his name is now i can remember everything about batman i can't remember musical <laughs> it's just the whole stalker pervert thing. well it was trying to make her decide between dad and an angel or the angel over dad ew yeah in any case it's bad for dad that's my insightful response uh-huh. to that ew <clears throat> I, yeah, that's all i have i think uh theater of the mind is also why excuse me, books and uh, movies and and plays don't always necessarily mesh because you have that vision in your head of what those Mm -hmm. characters are and and who they are. So, for example, Harry Potter, I've read every book. I've Mm -hmm. watched one movie and I will not watch anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's just nothing against Emma Watson, but that's not what Hermione Granger looks like in that book, at least not in my head. Right. Uh, So it is. You go in and and you... I, I just think that when you even write it in play... If you go and see that in, in, you know, in production, it doesn't always necessarily match what you see in your head. And I think that's where now everything is so instantaneous and everybody's got to have you know, you know, the latest and the greatest that they don't take the time to appreciate the, the books and the, and, the, uh, and the plays. And once they see it done, that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. How many of us are guilty of doing a book report off of a musical? Not I. Nope. What do you mean? Instead of actually reading the book, you you saw the musical. Like for school or something, you mean? Yes. Or to talk about with somebody? Both. Both? Yeah, no. No, I always read. I've always always been a reader. I've never been a talker, but Bob, I've always this is been a safe a place, though, so if you feel the need to. <laughs> We're being taped. How in the world is that safe? <laughs> no judgment here. No. I'm just curious. Technically, it's not taped. It's just recorded. <laughs> Somehow Digital. This, this, I was this say, is not, better. You're not using tape, so it's not taped. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, Spiro Agnewing, yeah. Richard Nixon may rest Nobody in Nobody erases tapes anymore. <laughs> we upload it to a cloud. No, seriously, I'm, I, lame is, I'll be honest. I slogged through the first eight chapters and went... That's enough. I watched the musical. Huh. I never read that book either. Mm-mm. I've read tons of classics, <laughs> but not that one. I never read it either. No. How about Moby Dick? Oh, absolutely. Read mm-hmm. that one. Yep. And the, mov- the movie's always pale. Why? Well, because they don't tell the whole story. They yeah. only tell the little bit of the, uh, the action. The uh-huh. Old Man in the Sea. Okay, that one was short and it was only Moby four Dick pages. is not a book, it's a work. It's a work. <laughs> Call me Ishmael. Why? Your name's Patty. (laughs) (laughs) Greatest work of American fiction, says he. What, Moby Dick? Oh, 
Edward Albee might Interesting. speak My absolute favorite. Hmm. Is it really? I haven't read it in decades, but it's still my my number one. I don't think it's I have a resume. favorite. Either that it's or like Cat in the Hat. Picking your favorite <laughs> child. That one, too. Sophie's Choice. Ooh, Sophie's Choice. Is, is musical? That, is that already a play? No. I don't know. I think it's, it's about a, book. a musical of Sophie's Choice. Mm-hmm. That's pretty dark. Dark. Well, well okay. Aren't Batman so and Sophie's Choice. <laughs> <laughs> what, I was going to say, but yeah. there's a lot of dark musicals now, though. I mean, when you get down to it, kind of. I suppose. Yeah. I suppose. Rent isn't terribly. That's SpongeBob true. SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> I would. I'd still. I'd like to see that show. I'm sorry. Oh, I would too. Yeah. I, I don't want to see heard Beetlejuice. some of the count soundtrack, and I like Beetlejuice. It. Beetlejuice. The soundtrack so far is the soundtrack is amazing. I love the soundtrack. Yeah, and he goes through nine different personalities and mm-hmm. like, see now that hero. one. That oh, one I think I know another one like would work because the character of Beetlejuice, as he was in the movie. With Michael Keaton, it it seems v- just I haven't seen anything visually from it, but just from the soundtrack, it seems like it's the same. That same character comes through, so it does. Good, it really does. I, I would like to it's see going that. to Detroit, isn't it? Not? Is Real it really? Issues? I think so. Ooh. Oh, is it? Oh, I think so. I have to see it. I have. I haven't seen any of the other shows I want to see in Detroit, so I might as well not see that one. Oh, there you but, go. But it'd be good. I, I, like I missed Hades Town. I really should have uh, seen. I'd it. like to see Kinky Boots too. I haven't seen that one. Uh, Grand Rapids Civic just did that. I think. No kidding. Yeah. <sighs> missed the boat again. Yeah. Um, I another one I'd like to see actually, the Monsters. Oh, that would be a good. The reason one. being is I think the script has already been written. No kidding. Yeah, the Adams family. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I still maintain that the Adams Family is a monstrous plot put on the, the yeah. Adams Family. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it really is like, no. The, and again, it's great characters. The show itself is not bad, mm-hmm. but it's like it's not. To me, it wasn't the Adams Family. And that's not because of the, it wasn't true to the original cartoons. It wasn't true to the TV series or anything. It was because I said this wasn't their kind of plot. They had to artificially age Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, they had. They the did romantic. a lot of different things. Um, and whereas it would fit right into the monsters, it was almost as if, oh, well, the pretty ones always not getting dates and stuff. Let's go with that. And it's like that's not the Adams family. I agree. I had to. I if I had to pick monsters or Adam's family, I'd go monsters every time. Thank you. Although I have to say, <laughs> there is a certain political figure that that has a striking resemblance to Grandpa, and so it has ruined it somewhat for me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, and I'm curious to see the Rob Zombie movie interpretation. I, I've already been following it too much. Uh, I don't know if I'll be pleasantly. Surprise! He's supposedly a fan. He's redoing the monsters. I believe it's oh. going to be on Peacock. Um, it may be theatrical release. I'm not sure, but okay. The house looks good. Good. At least the exterior. I'll have to keep um, an eye out for that. But but it's uh and uh, frankly the makeup looks right except Grandpa has a mustache for some reason. And also if you remember Babylon Five, mm-hmm. Lando Molari's hair. That scoops up and almost over like a hood. Yeah, they, he goes through seven cans of hairspray. Yeah, they may have overdone that with um, the with the bizarre mustache. Yeah, and so far no mention of little or of, of, of Marilyn or Eddie, so which makes me think this is going to be some sort of origin story. Oh, hmm. interesting. Uh, you know, before they actually come along. So, and a little concerned. Igor's not a bat, so we'll see. Um, and there's a, a mad scientist involved, and it's like, to me, <laughs> we've gotten so far off the theater at this point. To me, <laughs> the the whole thing about the monsters is the you know the conceit that they are the monsters that they claim to be. Herman is a Frankenstein monster, not the Frankenstein monster, but a Frankenstein monster. They make it clear he's not the only one. Mm-hmm. That that the doctor continued his work after the first one lily is the daughter of dracula grandpa is a dracula but not necessarily the dracula in fact he goes by sam dracula at one point (laughs) Uh, you know but but he's not necessarily the count gotcha 
um, you know, so to me, they're, they're takeoffs on the, the archetypal characters without being, you know, they're like the next generation just trying to fit in this crazy world like the rest of us. Gotcha. And how a vampire and a Frankenstein's monster have a werewolf for a child. Well, oh. life, mystery goes on. No, it's called Milkman. We're still around. Yeah, because Lily, I mean, undead, can she even have kids? Apparently. kind of weird. Well, it was still cool. Now, yeah. is, it, uh, <clears throat> is it set in modern time, or is it, do we have a time period? As to I don't know. Okay. Yeah. You know, they're, they're letting quite a bit of information out about it, but not, you know, just still enough to tease you. So, so we'll see. Um, like I say, in the new Adams Family's cartoons <sighs> disappointed a bit. Um, but you know, it's, but, a, it's a property. The, that the properties will continue whether somebody's making money off the merchandise. There, you know. Now, how closely did the TV show follow the original cartoons for the Adams Family? Yeah, it didn't. Okay, I, I mean, it took the base characters, and that was about it. Okay. The name and the name. Okay, that's about it. Because they had, and that's the thing being based on those single panel cartoons. They right. had a whole lot they could go in any direction yeah. with the Adams Family. So, so we have seen Adam's Family play, of course, already a new mm -hmm. musical. Like I say, it's actually a fun play. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Monroe do that sometime. As that well. would be fun. Uh, my <laughs> my Gomez days are past me. We did did not players not do that. Um, that was with uh, an earlier version of Spotlight Studios with Allison. Oh, group. that's right. right. Um, and we did a thing at a Halloween. I thought that was her group. I don't think it was players per se, but gotcha. a, lot no, play, it was a lot of players were involved in it. So that was my one chance to play Uncle Fester. We were shot down when we put it up or doing it because John Beccarello was, at that time was willing to do it because so we were right off of producers. He would have been a good Fester too. And somehow it was nixed by... Those who shall not be named, <laughs> and that that's an interesting. So when choosing a play like that, you know, I can think of three or four people from our group, for example, or around our group, um, to play a character in it, like Fester. But sometimes it's like you can't think of the people who played the other roles, mm -hmm. um, which I think is a problem for all groups. Which is why, as we've discussed earlier episodes, you know, you got to be real about your open auditions. You never know who's going to walk in that's really going to. Uh, make or break your show. So, kind of, kind of on that point, um, how important is it <clears throat> for the individual to look like that character? And the one that always comes to my mind is Chevy Chase as Gerald Ford. He didn't look anything like him, right. you know. But yet now, mannerisms. now it seems that whenever anyone does a character, they have to do as much makeup and and prosthetics as possible to make them look like that person. And it just doesn't seem like there's not that ability to be original. Obviously, with Uncle Fester, there's a look that you, you want to do. But, you know, is that the make or break? I don't think so. Well, and frankly, every Fester, for example, is going to look different. Um, but, you know, there's certain things that he's got to be to be Uncle Fester. And one's bald, one's got dark circles under his eyes, and he wears his big black coat. You know, he could be skinny, short, tall. I think a lot of other things could change, for example. But, it, for example, if they were to do, you know, National Lampoon's Vacation or uh, Christmas Vacation might make a fun play. Um, I don't think they'd have to look at all like um, uh, Chevy Chase gotcha. and Beverly, Beverly D'Angelo, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 I think it depends on the character. Like, if you were doing Adam's Family, you wouldn't cast a Shirley Temple-looking girl to be Wednesday. That just wouldn't work. Right. It just wouldn't work. But as long as she had, you know, dark hair and braids and... Never smiled. Yeah, Morticia's going to be you know, be tall and thin, and, and but does she have to be? She doesn't have to be. I think though that's the to be believable, to be accepted and, and by again, the audience. I, but I'm talking about characters that I think are in that larger than life group, right? Yeah. So you do, for example, young Frankenstein. You don't need to look like Gene Wilder, right? Right. But the monster needs to look like the monster, mm -hmm. you know, like Peter Boyle. But only in the sense that he has a flat head, big shoes, you know, and that kind of thing. He doesn't have mm -hmm. to look otherwise right. like him. Right, right, right. But you might want to need to but check. He's got to be a monster. The copyright enforcement for certain characters, such as Frankenstein, 
the property says it cannot look like the one on Broadway because that's in your contract. Hmm. It See, kind but, of forces you to either be creative or just go, we're just not going to look that way for a while. Well, and so that brings an interesting question. One, I, I wouldn't think a young Frankenstein would do that because I think it would be counterintuitive to mm-hmm. the thing. But if you were to do Frankenstein, the play, I think you can take a lot of liberty with what the monster looks like. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's your opportunity to take that liberty because the Frankenstein we're used to is from the old Universal movies. Mm-hmm. That does right. not look like the character as described in the books. No. If I remember correctly from the books, it's just described basically as a large man. And the reason he's large is because the doctor, you know, Victor, when he was working on him, found it easier to work with big organs than with small ones. So he got big cadaver parts. Mm-hmm. They were on sale. And, yeah. and he, as he's crafting things. So he was large. But And the, even when they talk about him being large, they don't actually talk about him being grotesquely large. It's just he was a tall dude. Well, it was, he was played on uh, in England by Brendan Kunderbach. So it's not that tall unless he's got like six inch heels. Right. Let's say so it should be tall, but not necessarily. He was facially grotesque. Yeah. And that's the thing. You know, he was the first. The, the way I like the way they, I, I obviously didn't see it. But the way they described the show is you had start off with the monster and Frankenstein, the doctor. And during the show, they switch places, including the makeup. Hmm. So the doctor is the real monster at all times, and the monster is the man. Which is in keeping with the theme of the original right. book, the original novel. Um, a Dracula, I think you, you can probably uh, take along, take quite liberties as well, well okay. too. You know, mm-hmm. What does a Transylvanian count look like? Yeah. True. So getting back to your original point, though, Ron, were you, were you talking about how much of it is looks and how much is character? Yeah, you know, because I know there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a, another, uh, it was a TV show that I had read a review about, and I forget the premise, but it's uh, Renee Zellweger plays a part in the show, and it's a recreation of a, of a crime from sometime in the, the early 2000s. And they put her in a fat suit, and they put all these different, um, oh, uh, you know, uh, Prosthetic. Prosthetics on her to make mm-hmm. her look like the original person. And I just thought to myself, well, why couldn't it just be Renee Zellweger being this, you know, being the character? Because I, I don't, you know, you know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. that sometimes we get so caught up and you've got to look exactly like this, this person. Mm-hmm. You know, why, why not just let the, the actor do their thing? And make it make it believable that unless way. unless they don't have any confidence in her actually. Well, that really could be. I mean, I could see well, that. But you know, well, but again, I think it's that's what, the the, what does the audience series. expect? If you're doing like we did, Mark Twain, right? They're expecting Samuel Clemens to wear a okay. white suit and have a big bushy mustache. Yeah. But if this is just like some true crime event that happened in Pennsylvania, Who cares? that you know, yeah, right? I yeah. Mean, you know, so is it really that? You know. Well, then again, it depends on on the character and what they're. I mean, is their physical appearance part of who they are, part of why they act the way they do. Like, you know, it, it, it's the whole, um, like even, I mean, this is kind of an extreme example, but like, let's say that the character was in a wheelchair. Right. You wouldn't expect the actor to not be in a wheelchair. You would expect them to use the wheelchair because that's part of what makes the character who they are. So maybe by putting her in a fat suit, maybe the fact that she was a bigger person, I have no idea what role you're talking about, but you know, maybe that was part of of the, their personality as far as why they acted the way they did. Gotcha. So in which case, you would have to have that. Okay. But if it was secondary to it, yeah, then why? I, I was just thinking the Elephant Man. Okay. That's another famous play yeah. where obviously the, the movie, they went to great lengths to make him look like... Um, Merrick, John, John Merrick, John Merrick. Um, make him look like the Elfman Man, but in the play, I don't think they ever do. Mm-hmm. And now uh, the character, no the actor, will suggest it through his body language that you know he's, mm-hmm. he can't move as well and things like that. But they never, you, you always see him. You never see him as the monster that he's portrayed as. Um, you know, 
people react to him as if he's grotesque. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but he doesn't, you know, which I think is the beauty of the play, though, is that you see a man, you, whereas in the movie, you see this horrible, disfigured man. Hmm. Yeah, I don't understand why they chose to do it that way. Because it really knocked William, not William Hurt, um, oh, he just passed away. Yes. Yeah, that's it. William no, Hurt. not William Hurt. That's not the one I'm thinking of. But I'll think of it. He was the last, he was the war doctor. Um, I know you won't understand. I don't. You don't? Okay, never mind then. The war doctor, my doctor. <laughs> um, there's a Doctor Who reference. Oh, okay. I cannot. Let's keep going because it's okay. going to be dead air. All right. Brian then, is probably going right now. And then, it's so and so. I told <laughs> you. Yeah. And the other thing point I was going to make too, Ron, is like the the Chevy Chase doing Gerald Ford. Back then, like in the early seventies, there wasn't as much visual representation of personalities as there is now. I think people rely a lot more on visual than they used to because it's much more prevalent. I mean, the whole, um, I used to teach a course called visual literacy and it was all about making sense of images. And it's something that would was brand new. It's not something that you ever worried about early on because there was not that visual mm -hmm. uh, backup for everything. So that might be part of it, because now, you're right, they do go to great lengths to make them look like it. Yeah. Well, I think it also is the technical merit, just bragging, look what we can do. We can literally take Gene Kelly and make him dance again with, I don't know, Marilyn Monroe or Luke Skywalker suddenly looks like he's 23 again, mm -hmm. just because they have the technology, they have the wherewithal to actually pull these little stunts off. Right. Well, and, and also, you know, somebody wants to win the Tony or the Oscar for best makeup. And <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, back, I think gone are the days when Marlon Brando could stuff some cotton in his cheeks and <laughs> now he's the godfather. Yeah. Now, he the last movie, he probably just stuffed two chickens in his cheek. Hey, oh, <laughs> speaking of Godfather, 50 years. Can you believe that? 50 is it? No. Yeah, this is the 50th that anniversary. I refuse so to listen to this. And then uh, James Bond, it's the 60th anniversary of James Bond. Is that the movies? or the, Yes, the movies. Because yeah. no, yep. the books, I think, are older. Right. Yes. Uh, I've read several of the books, which, of course, are always better than the, <laughs> <laughs> than the movies. That's not um, my genre of choice. Um, a, lot, a lot more sexist than you would think. Um, oh, amazingly, it's probably less even, sexist than no, I would think. I'd say even more sexist than the movies. That's what gets you. It's like, wow. Yeah. This, this was written, I'm sure I would this was written by, you know, written for the guys. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that fantasy. So. And it could be for women, too. Oh, you never. Yeah, that, that was the say. era of the, we'll just slip this paperback into our pocket. Until we get up to the cashier. Yeah, it's, it's mostly violence, though, not so much of the sex. No. It's <laughs> my takeaway from the books. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm just saying. <laughs> so, so interesting. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. But, yeah, I, so I don't, do you have any other shows you'd like to see? Or? Uh, hmm. It seems like everything is being done now. Um, the more I think about it, the more I like the idea of Jurassic Park, not as a musical, but just as a play. Yeah? Yeah, but how would you pull that off? See, but I think you can get away with a lot without ever showing a single dinosaur. Yep. A lot of the buildup has nothing to do with the dinosaurs. And That's then when you have that one moment. that Shadows. Then it's that final moment when the T-Rex reveals itself, for example. Yeah. You know, huh. Maybe you don't have the maybe the John whole Hurt. welcome to Jurassic Park is they're just looking off stage. John Hurt. Like, oh. Okay. Yeah, John. Hurt. Oh yeah, John Hurt. Not William. Elephant Hurt. Man. John Hurt. We're going. Yep. Yes. Yep. But you know, and, and then then, then you then, <laughs> uh, there's some things that you know. I'm not sure how well the Jeep scene would work. There's there's a lot of things. I yeah. think would be difficult. There's got to be a chitty chitty bang bang somewhere out there that you need to take. Yeah. But given given a lot of what they've done. Uh -huh. Yeah. Like you say, King Kong, um, they had a King Kong, and I think they can figure out a dinosaur. Or just, 
big blow now, up thing. If Monroe and... does it, we just get one of those dinosaurs. My arms are too short. I don't think this through. I want a chocolate shake. Come run it down the aisle. Yeah. And I wish you could Stop see this. It. Stop see this it. fellow groupies. We're all shaking our arms like a T Rex. It's like that T shirt that has the T Rex on it. Says, Everybody, if you're happy do the and you know what? Clap your. Never mind. <laughs> did you see? They think there's a uh, more species of T Rex than we thought. I did see I did something. Not see yeah. that. I'm sure that Universal made sure that announcement got out. <laughs> yeah, three three different ones that. Uh, um, so they, said, they finally looked at all the skeletons and said, you know, we don't think this is actually the same animal. For another $50 million, Oh, it is. It is. Uh, and did you know it's the 65th million anniversary of the birth of the T-Rex? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he looks good for his age. Yeah. Looks good. <laughs> Definitely does. And, and they've awesome. discovered, just since I'm off on a complete tangent, and they've discovered what season the asteroid hit. It was on a Tuesday. It was in spring. And they know this because... Again, with the fossil record and looking at trees from the period. Oh, yes. Fossilized trees, and they could mm-hmm. figure out the sap when the sap was running and when it was not. The sap mm-hmm. runs in the spring. And I believe they found fish that they, if they act like the modern-day fish do, would have migrated to, where, to that area at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. There were so, a few so the which, anticipation which, was it was spring, so the northern hemisphere was more affected than the southern hemisphere because the resulting winter that came from this, this, the animals in the south were already in hibernation and hunkered down for the winter. Animals in the north were just coming out. Hmm. So just... Yes. Just something about, for those of you who believe that the dinosaurs actually existed, Yeah. um, you know, just something that was kind of fascinating. I'm going to have to go rethink my whole life philosophy after that. I know. Well, Spring, the, end, the end thing is, asteroid's bad. <laughs> well, you, you know, what's, what makes me sad, though, is to think that at some point, while that asteroid was in the sky, there was some little T-Rex sitting there saying, the sun will come out tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> I say, and how sad for the dinosaurs. To our knowledge, they did not have theater. They did not. Imagine if they did, though. But maybe they did. Maybe they did. I mean, maybe they carried little sticks in their hands and did with a little, soft with shoes. A little top See, hat. And that's saying we, you know, <laughs> if you think about how many species. Not the mama. How many Not species, the mama. Not the mama. I love Not that the show. Mama. How many species we'll never discover because they aren't in the fossil record. Who knows? Maybe there was something that we would call intelligent life at that time, and they're just gone. Just never found mm-hmm. it. We just, they just didn't leave fossils. The dolphins are the dumb ones. They left. <laughs> Thanks for all the fish. <laughs> For those of you who got that reference, be sure to write in. <laughs> okay, and I think we've just about reached the end of this episode. <laughs> Once Bob's gone into soundtrack mode. <laughs> Brian's probably going, I have three minutes I can save of this. <laughs> Well, and it'll be interesting to see. That's uh, why they put me with my back to the uh, As Those longtime listeners know Brian is our, our technical person as well. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how much of this actually makes it to the air because we may have a 10-minute show here. Yeah. But it's, it was an experiment, I think, a, a joyful one. We have The Bright Night coming out as a musical for, and okay. we have Jurassic Park, the musical. No, no, out. I don't think it has to be a musical. No, it's right show. Jurassic Park. The show. The show. Just the please. experience. Oh, there you go. There the you experience. Go. And that's about it. That's all yeah. we came up with. Yeah. Oh, we, we found but out. two good ideas are better than no bad ideas. But, well, we talked about characterization and yes. do you need to look like who you're representing? Yes. 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 And the answer was maybe. <laughs> and you know what? The thing is, too, that a lot of times the physical changes that you make help you get into that character. Yes. Very much. So thinking back to Twilight of the Golds, I didn't really feel like Phyllis until, until I put the wig on. Until you put the costume on. Yeah. Put the makeup on. That's when it, they become. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. so, so totally far as I get older, Unless I've, it's decided, a crutch. I've decided that every physical change is not for the better. <laughs> well, <laughs> Just, I didn't say it was better. I'm <laughs> in this chair. That's where I'm going to be. Yeah. I I'm asleep now. I'm not going to wake up. I'm awake now. I'm not going to go to sleep. Are you doing a dramatic piece? Call me later. Yeah. But you know, the same thing with the Renee Zellweger thing you brought up. 
I mean, maybe that helped her. Could have been. Was that Monster? No, that, no, no. No, that, that was, was with uh, uh, Charlize Theron. Charlize yeah. Theron. This was some like made-for-TV movie okay. kind of thing where this woman Is killed, it recent? Yeah, she like killed her husband or somebody or and they had the the neighbors were all trying to figure out what the what, what the oh, issue was. Oh, was this the one where she buried them all in the backyard? I think it might be. Desperate Housewives? It might no. be. I'm not, really I'm not sure. Desperate Housewives? I just remember reading this story where, where they were talking about the it fact was, that they, was, they put her in this suit with all these extra jowls and whatnot. It was like a wow. uh, real-life arsenic and old lace kind of thing. She'd invite boarders in and kill them. Kind of, yeah, oh. I think that might have been it. Great. So, yellow wallpaper. Not the yellow wallpaper. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rose for Emily. Um you don't know that story. Okay, that would be a good play. That would be. Ooh. A Rose for Emily. A Rose for Emily. I would enjoy that. I think every girl in junior high read that at the same time. Because they all started staring at everybody. Well, I don't know. Junior high is a little young for that. I'd go high school for sure. It was, I think, Faulkner. That sounds right. Rose for Emily. It's a great story. Ooh, well, Faulkner does write good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I've heard. So That's- I've heard. <laughs> Well, it's got nothing on the guy that wrote the Adam West Wick commercial. I can tell you that right now. Okay. So, so for real. For real. For real. We are, we are out really of time for this now. episode. So I'd like to thank all of you for listening. As usual, we appreciate each and every one of you. Please be sure to check out the Monroe Community Players on our Facebook page and our website, MonroeCommunityPlayers.org. More Groupies Fun over at our MCP podcast page on Facebook. And please email us with your comments and thoughts about this or any other episode at MonroeCommunityPlayers at Yahoo.com. Be sure to let us know if it's okay to read your email on the air. And so we started this last episode, so now it's going to be two episodes in a row. I'm going to ask our Groupies out there a question. And that question is, what would you like to see made into a stage production? We're looking forward to seeing your answers and uh, what shows are out there. And who knows, if we can afford the rights, maybe we can actually put it on stage someday. Or maybe it'll get somebody in Broadway to, to start thinking about it. Uh, the Art and Business of Community Theater has been a production of the Mineral Community Players and was recorded high atop the Benish Building at the Mineral Public Access Cable Television Podcast Studio in beautiful downtown Monroe, Michigan. We are the Groupies. We'll see you in the green room. There is a play of a rose for Emily. Well, goodbye. And don't think it hasn't been a little slice of heaven.